podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Villa View podcast episode two. Nice little rhyme. Very good. Start the show. What an excellent start. Well done, Thank Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Dan Bardell, Tom Julian here discussing all things Villa and yep. uh, there's an awful lot to chat, isn't there? There is. I've made extensive notes as of you, but actually I want to start with something that I didn't tell you about I actually took the liberty of making some notes about your first performance on the podcast. So wow. this is called Tom J First Show Review. Right, okay. Really inventive name that I've come up with there. This so, is like walking in with your boss and you, like, you've got to like sit a, down. This is like a personal development plan. Are you going to give me a mark out of five? Or? I have. I've given you a mark oh, out of right. ten, actually. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. So, right, to start with, for anyone who doesn't know, this is the first time they're tuning in. We did our first episode last week. Obviously, it was Tom Julian's Villa View debut. A mixed bag. I'm going to say. Right. So my first point that I've got down here is the James Chester critique based on football manager. Very poor. Not just putting his own reputation on the line, but that of the Villa View. I would like to clarify my position on that. I was, I was, I was wrong. I got a lot of stick on social media. Yeah. Um, I got a few, um, what were those, cry laughing faces though, which always m- makes me happy. So uh, if it was a comedic value, great. Me, James Chester, clean slate this season. Let's go. If he can forgive me, I can forgive him. See, to me, the crying laughter emoji face means that people think this guy's an idiot. Yeah, well, yeah, that's <laughs> fair too. You've took a positive take on it, so that, that's up to you. Second <laughs> one, I've gone for a more positive thing for the second point. Nice style, relaxed, perhaps helped bring the best out of me. Oh, well, I mean, again, we'll get to the comments, yeah. but yeah. So that's well done for that. That's a good, good one for you. Thank you. Third, organised, came prepared with some talking points. I like that because Matt Lynch, to be honest, when we do shows, he, he comes with nothing quite a lot of the time. Well, I mean, it's nice that Thank you, you come with some notes. Thank you. Fourth one, this is more of a, a technical behind the scenes issue critique. Made a few audio errors which had to be rectified by an audio expert in the edit. Poor, really as he only rectified this towards the end. Tom Julian only rectified this towards the end. So we'd like to thank Jake McCormack for his help with the audio. Last week, any any defence of yourself there? Oh well, I won't defend myself, but I will say that Dan is completely no help at all with anything technical on the audio side or the video <laughs> side. So uh, if we're going to chuck me under the bus, though, thank you to to Jake McCormack, Jake McCormack, who helped us out because that was great, and uh, no no problems this time. I hope go as far as to say it probably saved the initial first podcast, quite possibly. Yeah. Okay, and this is something that I noticed myself. We introduced you with uh, your strange reason for supporting Aston Villa. And that brought absolutely no response from anyone. We didn't get anyone sending why they support Villa if they had a strange reason. That's so. a very good point. Although Detroit Villa followed me on Twitter the other he, day. He's moved to Detroit. He's ah. a friend, friend of the Villa View. He's all, he was Birmingham-based before his big move. Or maybe he could recruit Detroit. some more Michigan-based fans. And, he has uh, done that, actually, to be fair to him, but they didn't comment. Okay, well, if you do have a strange strange reason for supporting Villa, we're always welcome to it. Uh, mine was very boring. Maybe that's the reason cr- to critique you. You, you. you maybe killed that segment straight away. <laughs> I, can't, I can't make uh, wine out of water. That was the reason, <laughs> that's the reason that you gave me. Fair enough. So Fair enough. To, to summarise, or summarise, overall solid, 5 out of 10 performance. 5 out of 10? I haven't finished yet. Keen to see slash hear more from you. The Villa View public seem to welcome you. Like a Matt Lynch penalty, the only way is up. Wow. That's, that's what I've got oh, here. So. It was a nice finish to that. That was uh, the critique. I will say there was a lot of warm comments. Thank you very much um, for for the podcast in general, not just for me, but um, it was nice to hear some positive, positive feedback as well as a couple of um, critiques. So uh, five out of ten seems a little bit harsh. 
and I will be remembering that in future, and uh, we'll see how we go. If you can get a six this week, you'll you'll have done well. Is this going to be a, a stern marker? Is this going to be a grading every week? I think for the initial month, it's going to have to be okay. A probationary yeah. period, but you did okay. You did okay, as Brian Little would say. Right, should we get on? Should, should we get on with it? Yeah, we may well have lost listeners early doors again with a long, long-winded intro. Go shoot! Right, well, I think that uh, the Villa View has been producing a load more great content this week. Thank you. Obviously, last time we talked about um, the goalkeepers in the season review, uh, and since the last podcast, we've had Player of the Year yeah. and the. Uh, Defenders and midfielders have come out as well. So yeah. uh, we touched on defenders last time. Dan, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about midfielders. Mm-hmm. You and uh, and Matt generally. How did you feel that podcast went? If we're if we're re- if we're well, reviewing everything, well, it wasn't a podcast. Oh, so. oh no! <laughs> if uh, you're happy with all your comments, yeah, I would always stand by what I say. Or sometimes turn out to be wrong. Yeah. at the time when I say it, Often. I obviously think it's it's reasonable. Who did you call the new Vieira once? That was great. Uh, remember that? Yakuba Silla. Maybe that was tongue in cheek a little. I don't think it was. Well, you, you tweeted he, him. He's on his way to the, back to the Premier League, Silla. He's only brought some on him, apparently. Yeah, so he'll be one of those players again that wasn't good enough for Villa, but whilst Villa are in the Championship, he may well be in the Premier League. There's That's, a lot of examples of that. Yeah, there is. Um, Westwood being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talked on, on the, on the uh, show about, about whether Villa could have used him, whether they could have used him more. You were, shall we say, uh, I don't know, you were kind of ready to see him go. No, no, Matt was. I, that I wouldn't was have sold him. He was one of my favourites, to be honest. I wouldn't have got rid of him. So, didn't you think that it was a good price to get rid of him at that point? Well, I've since been told the £8 million price tag, I may have been a little ambitious. £5 million, saying, Yeah, I think because they'd offered £8 million in the summer, apparently, I got confused. I still think £5 is a good price. Well, it is because you've bought him for an, a million, maybe, we, pay, we paid for him. So you've made a profit on a player that's given you five five odd years of service. I just think he's a Premier League player. And while we're in we're in the Championship, I think he could have been useful. I should probably stop clicking his pen because he's probably going to be picked up on the audio. I just think he would have been a useful alternative. And I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as some Villa fans made out. And I think some of the abuse he got from the Villa fans wasn't really acceptable. I mean, I understand over the last few years, frustrations amongst the Villa faithful will be, will be high because, quite frankly, we have been rank. Yeah. And probably Westwood's been here throughout the time that we've been so bad. But I just think there was a decent player in there. and I think he showed himself, as Matt said, under Sherwood. When you get the right players around him, I think he's a good option. And I think with Lansbury and Horahan, had Villa been playing the right way with Westwood at the base, it's not, not necessarily having to play Yedinak every game. I think we could have got something out of Westwood. But then you say not playing Yednak every game. Westwood would want to play every game. If you, yeah. There's a choice between the two. For me, he seemed a little bit lightweight. He seemed, when when we went down, I thought he, he didn't really offer us anything going forward. It was all kind of across the field. And his head went down, I felt, a lot. You talked about his passion. Um, to me, he would be one of these guys that, that maybe we'd miss in a game and you'd need somebody strong in the in, in the centre of midfield to give a bit more fight. To me, with Westwood, you always noticed when he didn't play because we could barely string three or four passes together at a time. I just think people saying he was no good going forward, didn't get assists, that's not really what a deep-lying central midfield player is there to do. He's there to keep the ball moving. Like, 
How many assists does Michael Carrick get? But that's not the same. Michael Carrick seems to start more manoeuvres for me. Westwood, it would be just kind of passing it away to get rid of the ball. That's 78% pass rate. That's that's fine if they're all three, four yard passes. They need to be there needs to be more penetration, especially from a deep lying midfielder for me. That's fair, the penetration side of things. I get where you're coming from from there. But when you're playing at, at Villa Park, I think the fans are so vociferous and at times they do get on the players' backs very quickly. I think some players perhaps hide and I think they're scared of making mistakes. I think that's definitely the case with Gary Gardner mm-hmm. at the moment. I think you would probably seeing the same thing as Westwood, with with Westwood, sorry, but on the other hand, you could argue that players should be stronger mentally and be able to block things out like that, but I just think there was a place for him. Yeah, I mean, each to their own, let us know what you think about that. The video is still on, on YouTube, obviously, so so go and check it out. It'll be there forever. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did have one thing, and it was mainly about Leandro Bakuna, right? Yeah. So, Matt at one point said, we still don't know his best position. Yeah. He's been here four years. I've not been here longer, actually. How how do we not know his best position by now? I think because, other than right back, he's probably never had a sustained run in the team in in one position. I think he is the, the, the 12th man. He's the utility player that's probably, for whatever reason, become a, a first-choice player and still is a first-choice player. For me, his best position still is right back, but we're quite well stopped at right back, so he's not going to get a run. Over in there. So does he need to season. go? It's it's difficult because I think Bruce Bruce likes him. He'll be on a decent wage. He isn't necessarily going to get a Premier League. In fact, I would go as far as say he will definitely not no. get a Premier League move unless a newly promoted team takes a punt on him. Maybe like for example Huddersfield, who we're going to talk about later. High energy football. He is more of a high energy player. Bakuna. I think that's why he's been playing in central midfield to offer something different. Offer a bit a bit of legs. If you will, so perhaps he could get a move somewhere, somewhere like that. It could be a case of is he a bit stale at Villa, and that, that would be that would be fair. But you could say that about about a number of players. I think what you say is true. Maybe we should know his best position by now. But you do need players that can fill in in multiple positions in the squad. Every team will have someone who is that utility man. And for, for me, in the Championship, are we going to get a better utility man than Leandro Bakuna? I'm not sure. I I would say we are. I think if you're if you're settling for Leandro Bakuna, then then we're not at the stage where we're pushing on to be back in the Premier League. That would be my opinion. I think um, it was interesting watching the video. There was a lot of there was a lot of kind of players like that in our midfield. Where yeah, Matt made a valid point to be fair. With yeah, that. where you've got you've got such a uh, an array of midfielders there, but at some point we need to cull a few to bring in some some better players and to give us the quality that's going to push on and get us back to the Premier League. Yeah, there's. There's, there's a player gone from the under-23s who I'm quite disappointed to see leave because I always quite like the look of him and I don't think he's actually gone anywhere yet but Rory Hale, mm-hmm. the young midfielder coming through, had a bit of something about him I always thought, put himself about, was kind of an all-round midfield player. I think one of the things that I think is the problem with players like Bakuna and, and midfielders in general and when we spoke to Ian Taylor, this is what he said, mid- central midfield players, they get away with it nowadays. In his day, he had to do both. Right. He had to defend and he had to attack. He was box to box. There's not enough players like that nowadays. You don't. You're either a defensive midfielder or or you're an attacking midfielder. And I I personally don't get that. Like we're talking about Lansbury, and we're saying, oh well, Bruce has played him as this deep midfielder, but he should have the energy to to be the deep midfielder. But he can also also go forward. So there needs to be a bit of flexibility. But Ian Taylor said, it, and it is true, midfielders get away with it nowadays. 
Do you think that's a formational change over the years, though, rather than the quality of player? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is because Lansbury could do that job. Lansbury could do the job that Ian Taylor used to do for Villa, and he's someone that would never particularly replace because we, apart from Milner, I don't remember us ever having an array of goals coming from from midfield. Maybe times do change, but that's something to me that doesn't necessarily need to. That should you should be able to play with a box to box central midfielder if you've got an orthodox defensive midfielder in the team, like mm. we do with Yedinak. You've mentioned one young player that's left the club. One young player that might get a little bit more of a run next year, Andre Green. Yeah. Exciting, right? Do you think he is one that we'll see a good preseason from and then he'll be in from the start? Or do you think, again, he's going to be kind of just given a little bit of a, a, a small run each week until he's ready? To me, when he was in, in the team and we had a good spell with him in the side before, before he picked up a lot of niggly injuries towards the end of the season, he, he did enough to warrant being the first choice mm-hmm. left midfield because he was he was exciting and he was some was something different he can carry the ball he was very good defensively for a young player as well which is always good to see with wingers helping out the fullback and i think that helps obviously we've got a solid left back in neil taylor but he, even neil taylor would tell you that having a midfielder in front of you that tracks back that helps he's just something something different how he didn't score you know in in his running the team i don't yeah. know most of it the woodwork three times but he's someone who I really think can push on next season he's definitely got a natural ability and I think he seems to have the right attitude as well so he's someone that I, yeah I'm excited to see more of him next season so the midfield is is, is part of the uh, the squad review uh, when strikers coming out it's a good question because we haven't really recorded it well say we haven't really we haven't recorded it little peek behind the curtain at all, yeah. yeah no no recording at the moment it's planned this week so I imagine it'll be out towards the weekend Probably. Okay. Rollinson turns things around quite quickly. One video that is out is uh, the player of the year. And um, you you had some comments on that, right? You, yeah. Well, you got some comments on that. Yeah. Well, Matt stitched us up a bit, actually, I thought, because he, I think he used the You're phrase. You're stitching him up by yeah. him not being here. So I, think, uh, I can't remember whether I used the phrase when I did the initial video nominating the four players. So for those that didn't watch, the four nominations for the Villa View player of the year were Jonathan Codger, James Chester, Yedinak, and Nathan Baker, who, to be honest, we had a lot of people ask why Alan Hutton wasn't in there, and that was that was my fault, to be fair. I said that Baker was more consistent over the course of the whole season, whereas I thought Alan Hutton was only good from the end of January I'd agree with onwards. You. So shout out to Alan Hutton, though. He did do very well. But Jonathan Codger won, and I think Matt in the video revealing who'd won described as a one-man team. And then who was it who came back and... Uh, Said that uh, I think Cyberdon Blue, another yeah. friend of the, of the Villa View, he comments on all our videos on YouTube, and we really appreciate his feedback. And he is an avid watcher and now maybe listener with the podcast as well. He said Codger had a few games where he did nothing, which is a fair, a fair comment. But when you, most of the goals he scored, he's, he's conjuring something out of nothing. To be fair to him, and when you when you're not getting a lot of, a lot of service as a striker playing on your own a lot of time, you probably are going to have. Bad games, but I see the point that he's making. We were we were nowhere near a one man team because obviously we've nominated three defensive players in Yedinak, Chester and Baker, who yes, Codger scored the goals to win us a game one nil or two nil or whatever, but without the defence playing the way they did and keeping those clean sheets, the goal isn't going to get you get you three points. So I do I do think that's fair. Christian Middleton said the same kind of thing as well, didn't they? Yeah, I mean there's there's no doubt in Codger, his his influence and his role in in this season was was crucial. I think there was a, a Villa a Villa View blog post which which kind of tallied up Codger's uh, goals and his yeah. uh, assists and, and 
how important he was into not only kind of getting us to mid-table, but keeping us afloat at times where where our defence wasn't as strong. Um, but like you say, part of, part of Steve Bruce's philosophy is uh, is being strong at the back, and and that's why why these defensive players were were in the mix as well. I think Yednak's been been absolutely brilliant. I, like I say, kind of with Westwood. He is so strong in there. He gives us another kind of a real uh, resilience that that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise. And obviously, James Chester is one of the best players I've ever seen at Villa Park. Wow. So I've uh, always been a big big fan. Always supported him. And uh, and yeah, so uh, a point you made there. Well, you didn't really make the point, but it just came into my head as you said it. Right. If you're playing Westwood and Yedinak as a two, which we did quite often before Westwood departed, then. You are probably asking for trouble because those two don't complement mm-hmm. each other. Oh yeah, in mid in midfield. Whereas, as I said before, you've got Westwood, Cleverly, and Delph. They all do something that the other one can't, can't do. So that's not necessarily Westwood or Yedinak's fault. That's just a combination that isn't going to work on paper and won't work on the pitch either. Yeah, that's it's fair. But we don't have the we don't have the quality of of Cleverly and Delph to rely on either. So in a championship, Horahan and Lansbury could do the the equivalent job. You would think if we play if we play more with the shackles off. Yeah, you would think that's it. That's it. Um, let's talk about Monday night. Yeah, about um, Monday night, Monday afternoon. I'm trying to think what happened Monday night. <laughs> you, <laughs> you and I went out. Do you not yeah. remember um, the Championship playoff final? Huddersfield up to the Premier League. Congratulations to them. Um, what an amazing achievement, first of all. Yeah. And uh, what a great season for them. Yeah, well done to them. They were when we played them at Villa Park early on in the season. We drew one-one. With them, they scored a very, very fortunate late goal to draw that game one-one. They second half they completely outplayed us. Mm-hmm. They played the they played the high press. They played they played nice football. It just goes to show if you sometimes if you take a risk and you do something different, you'll be rewarded. And that's what people have been saying since since Monday's playoff final. I don't know whether you watched any of it. Did you see the Patrick Stewart thing before the game? He's a big oh yeah yeah yeah. The did, way yeah. he was talking about the players and the manager. I just sat there and thought, I wish I could come on the Villa View and talk about my team like that. Wouldn't it be great to talk like that? They they deserve deserve to get there. They've been one of the better teams in the Championship. They were up with Brighton and Newcastle for most of the most of the season. They haven't got a huge budget, but the manager's bought players that suit what he wants to do. He's got a philosophy and he's bought players that can do the job that he wants to do. That's what Steve Bruce needs to do. He needs to get a philosophy and then find the players to play within that philosophy. They're, they're really good. They've got some really good players. Like Kachunga is a good player. Jonathan Hogg, ex-Villa mm-hmm. Academy, played for Villa a few times. I actually thought he was very good yep. when he did play for Villa. Perhaps let let go too soon. That's now another player that didn't make it at Villa. But Jonathan Hogg will be playing the Premier League next I season. I thought Jonathan Hogg was actually lucky not to get sent off. He got booked fairly yeah, early. Too. And then there was a couple of rash tackles where he just stopped the play. It wasn't... It was, it, it, it was it was premeditated, and I thought if he hadn't been on a yellow, he'd have picked up another. Neither. But all credit to them. And I saw that their chairman has said, if uh, if you had a season ticket in 2009, you'll have a season ticket for the Premier League for 100 quid. Wow. That's that is, quality, yeah, isn't that it? That is good. That is, uh, that's an unbelievable He seems like a, them to do. like a top owner and, and really has the club at, at the heart, which... Hopefully, Villa. That, I mean, that's happening. At Villa, I think Villa are headed in the in the right direction. I mean, I don't think you're going to see Villa make offers like that. I'd be biting your hand off if I could get my uh, season. It's a bit of a different Villa. story, though, isn't it? Huddersfield and Villa. Huddersfield seem very switched on behind the scenes as well. It's good when you can marry up the two. As Huddersfield are, they've got the right manager playing in a certain way, certain philosophy, and then 
behind the scenes, everything's coming together as well. So it's a good mix. I'll stick my neck on the line and say, I think they'll do well next season. I'm going to have to take that bottle off you in a minute. You, you keep playing with it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start now. I'll debate when it's having another sip, but I'm always talking. Well, so you I have can't. another sip and I'm going to ask you another question. Go on then. Huddersfield go up, obviously, alongside Brighton and Newcastle. Yeah. What does that mean for Villa? Are you happy with the with the teams that stay down? Obviously, Fulham, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, and now Reading. Hmm. Is that is that a good blend, or how do how do you see where where are Villa in the favourites for for Premier League status? Well, now? we are we were the favourites we before now, everything's yeah. decided. I'm not sure what's happened since you. You've got to save Reading, hold on to Stam, and keep the players. They'll probably finish somewhere around where they finished this season. I think they finished third mm-hmm. in the end, and that. Saying the finishes third seems mm. to never go up. Yeah. That that's, seems to be a thing. It's a standard, yeah. With, with with the playoffs. Sheffield Wednesday, they seem like they're perennial. Well, we got close, but we didn't quite just didn't quite make it because that's two seasons in a row now where they haven't quite got over the line. But again, if they hold on to their players, hold on to the manager, you'd expect them to, to be there or thereabouts because they've got again a certain way of playing. The manager's got the players that he wants there, so you'd expect them to be up there. It's really difficult to say. I don't think Sunderland and Hull will be in a great state unless they spend an awful lot of money. But as we saw last season, if you're in a mess and you spend a load of money, that doesn't necessarily equal top six. Yeah, top six finish. So Sunderland and Hull, I don't see being anywhere. I can't even remember Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough and few, Fulham. Well, Middlesbrough were a Championship side. Yep, playing in the Premier League for a season. So again, it depends what they do with the manager. We don't know who's. Who's going in there? Sunderland, if they get Gary Monk. Monk? Monk? They get Gary, <laughs> Gary Monk? If they get Gary Monk in, then obviously he's shown he's a decent manager. Although, again, he didn't quite get over the line mm-hmm. with Leeds. And he, they might do something. There's a lot of jobs available at the moment yeah. around European football. Yeah, I think I said last week I thought Fulham were our biggest threat. I think they're the team that are most likely to get raided for their quality players. Uh, Sessignon says he wants to stay I believe but I mean I've seen him link with Tottenham yeah I think if I think if he got a Premier League move he'd be foolish to turn it down depends where he is you don't want to move too quickly that's what a lot of players do you move too quickly no but you're linked with somebody who's like well, well Spurs is the right place Spurs yeah, would be brilliant, brilliant but yeah. whether, whether he'd get in there or not is another question but one of one of the kind of top 10 teams I think would would suit him down to the ground um, they've, they've got some great players so yeah, it remains to be seen whether they can hold that team together or not. I think Villa should be should be confident going into next year. I think um, I think we can definitely handle any of the teams that came down. They, to me, feel less of a threat than than the three that stayed. Yeah, I think Fulham have got the best manager, Jukanovic. Mm-hmm. Did it did it at Watford, and he's done it with with Fulham as well. Although obviously they did they didn't go up, but they were very close. And to me, they played probably the best football mm-hmm. in the league. And when I went to Craven Cottage. Earlier in the season, I was very impressed with their wide play, and that Tom Kearney's a good player, yes. which will depend on whether they hold onto him because he's their he's their captain, he's their talisman. Yep. So much will depend on whether they manage to hold on onto him. I just, I don't. It's hard to hard to know with Villa until I see what we do in the summer, who we who we ship out and who we get in. You'd say on paper now the squad the squad's strong, but we saw towards the end of the season that that isn't enough. Mm-hmm. So there's something missing. I'm very very confident with what we're doing behind the scenes at the moment. But I, I want to be 100% convinced by Bruce, and I'm by no means a Bruce out. I want to give us time. I want some stability, but I'm yet to be 100% convinced by Bruce and what he's trying to do. Where is your first priority? 
we got this in one of the comments. We will come in onto the comments shortly. But yeah. where's your first priority for Villa that you've got to strengthen? Which position? They've got to get. The, we we spoke about it in detail last week. So it's probably best not to speak about it again. But they've got to get the goalkeeper. That's exactly what the I was going to say. The goalkeeper, right? Yeah. Because that resonates around the rest of the side. It filters down. So the goalkeeper decision has to be right. The Johnston links have all gone quite quiet. Although mm -hmm. players are obviously all on holiday at the moment. That's a position that needs that needs sorting. And to me, we're in a little light, perhaps in quality, in central midfield. If we picked up a couple of injuries, we haven't got the quality. Gardner, I'm not sure he's going to make it with Villa. I'd like him to. Yeah, I think he's a nice, nice guy. Cares about Villa. I think a bit like Westwood, confidence is on the floor, and it's going to take something special to pick that back up. Do you think Villa learned a little bit last year about how hard the championship is in terms of the amount of games and just the 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 highs and the lows, the lulls, and then the positive results that follow on. You know, there is there is a different way to play in the Championship. It's more of a squad game than perhaps the Premier League. Would you say that's right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, if we haven't learned something, there's, there's a big problem because I don't want to be finishing 13th again. Yeah. I think we need to... What, the biggest thing for Villa, for me, is that Steve Bruce and Aston Villa, they need to find a balance. He has sorted the defence out, but having that solid defence has come at the expense of the midfield. Because mm -hmm. you've got Kodri who was still doing it up front, but the midfield wasn't wasn't right. People were saying Westwood, blah, 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 he's the, he's the problem. But then we replaced Westwood with two two midfielders that had done very well in the Championship previously in Horan and Lansbury, yet the midfield was still the problem. So to me, they've got to get that midfield right. If they don't get the midfield right, then it will, it will be another season of mediocrity. All sounds fair. Should we get on to some comments? Why not? Right, go on. You start us off. What's your favourite comment that you've seen? I'm going to get up a couple here. We've got some great questions all through social media. Um, and you can email the questions as well, can't you, to contact at the Villa View? Yeah, I think that's, that the, right? that's the email address, yeah. Right. One I've just noticed here is Max, Max Roberts saying, like to confirm, I would send Dan to the shop now. I don't look like Shrek. Good first episode. <laughs> Thanks for saying it's a good first episode. But, okay, bodily now, he may not look like Shrek, but... That face is going to still need some work. I feel like this is the Max Roberts podcast. I'm sure we talked about his um, big, his big, body he's a big, big transformation. Well, that's why he's commented. He's a big friend of the channel. Obviously, a, a fan cams regular. Um, I've got a question here. Oh, actually, there was a fair few questions. I'm sure we'll come on to this again later as the preseason starts. But Steve Bruce as manager, there's there's a there seems to be an awful lot of uncertainty whether one people want him, and two whether he's going to stay, whether you want him or not. For you, or for me, I'm going to answer for me first, because yeah. I, I don't need to answer for you. You can no. answer for yourself. Um, I, I think he should stay. I said this last um, last week. I I like what he did in terms of solidifying us. I think you're right. I think the midfield and the creativity came was, was the cost. But for me, I was, I was really worried about last season, and he brought a stability there that I didn't see. Uh, in other places. There are a couple of other managers I would have liked, but he has earned my trust. Um, but, I, but I did write down a couple of replacements, just in case. Yeah, I couldn't think of anyone. Gary Monk, no? You wouldn't want him. The thing that I always come back to with Bruce is, he's proven mm -hmm. he got more promotions from the Championship than, than anyone else. Monk really is what's he I know Monk. his manager I can't say I can't even say his name which is a bit Gary of a Monk. so he's the last thing I need yeah. for us to appoint because I can't say his name so that's yeah. obviously a problem. Um he hasn't I know his managerial career is obviously way, way shorter than Steve Bruce's, but he hasn't proved anything. All he proved to me last season was that they didn't have they didn't have enough bottle leads to, to get into the playoffs. They they did bottle it for me because they were up there 
all season, and they had one of the best strikers in the league, Chris Wood, who was banging them in. But they also had a, a decent defence, Kyle Bartley, had a very good season. So to me, they, they fell away. Sheffield Wednesday were the ones that looked like they were going to fall away, and, and they didn't, whereas and Leeds did. They kind of talked the talk, Leeds, but in the end they didn't walk the walk, and that would worry me Monk. What kind of thing is that? <laughs> Gary Monk. It's, it's such a simple, a simple word. Yeah, I can't say that. I'm calling Gary. <laughs> Gary, didn't, Gary didn't get them over, over the line. Uh, I've got a couple of others for you that are linked with Crystal Palace. Claudio Ranieri. Villa? Yeah. Nah. Why not? Because he's... What he did at Leicester, he should just retire now. Yeah. Oh, he's I, I not agree. Gonna be, he's not going to be bettered. I'm just playing devil's advocate with you now. Devil's advocate. That's, oh, goodness. <laughs> we're, we're great options for a podcast here, aren't we? Um, I, nah, he wouldn't come anyway. He wouldn't come to Villa anyway. And Villa is a... Uh, Why not? Why wouldn't he? Because I imagine he'll get a Prem offer. I'm going to take this off yeah, you as well. Offer. I imagine he'll get a Prem, <laughs> prem offer. Yeah? Yeah. Where, where's the offer coming from there? Watford, maybe. Yeah, he says he wants. He he says he wants one more moment of magic, doesn't he? I, he's, the the way he speaks is just. I you've just got to love him. Yeah, I um, do. I do. Whether you love him. him at your club or not is a is a different manner. Everyone loves him. What about Roy Hodgson? No way, dinosaur. And people say Steve Bruce is. A, I was going to say that. Yeah. If anything ever came before dinosaurs, then Roy Hodgson <laughs> is that. He ruined my summer last summer. Villa were awful, and I was like right. It's been such a terrible season. I'm now going to pin all my hopes on England. We beat Germany in the lead-up to the Euros. And I was like, right, we have a team here. We have a good side, a good, young, vibrant side. And then Roy Hodgson decided to move away from all that he did in those build-up games and put Wayne Rooney back in. And England were arguably as bad as watching Villa. No, don't really. I find it difficult to talk about who I would like mm-hmm. as manager because I feel like that's not fair. Yeah, I think on I Steve think Bruce, I don't like, I don't like, it. I don't like doing it. It's almost like I feel like if I was thinking about getting another girlfriend behind my wife's back, that's how I how I feel talking about about Steve, another manager instead of Steve Bruce. I don't think it's fair on Steve. Well, then we best stop talking yeah. about that now before you get carried away. Um, oh, this is a good a good little um, comment here. Sorry, I've done again. I think Tom was superb. And slots into the role like a hand into a velvet glove. Thank you, Cyberdon Blue. Um, he brought Dan out of his shell in his shy corner. How do you feel about that? <laughs> shy corner. Oh, dear. And, uh, and made the whole thing float. So, essentially, oh, he would be a golden nugget to add to the Villa View team. I've been described as a lot of things in my life. Shy has never particularly been I mean, one of them. I am the glue that holds this podcast together. It's early days, Tom. You, I mean... That's that's better than a five out of ten. You can get your P forty five and not be here next week. I'll do it on my own. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what about this one? Oh, so this is this is more Bruce, um, Callum Warner. Callum Warner saying, oh, da, da. "It's a style of football, really, isn't it?" He's he's not happy with the style of football. He's what he says actually is true there about we play a dangerous game because we did have a run of one nils, dodgy one nil win which at the time. I was happy with because it stabilised us, and I was mm-hmm. worried about us going down. At the time, but it is a dangerous game because teams did sometimes miss chances late on in the game. We were too too defensive, and that goes back to what we were saying before of finding a finding a balance. Yeah, that's true. Oh, this is a good one. Who is your favourite Villa player currently or ever? Well, I've got I've got both written down. Okay, I've seen one of your ones for favourite ever. Do not love it, <laughs> and that is a, a terrible shout again. I'm going to put yourself in big trouble. No, I've got that. You came in at this point. I was gonna, I was gonna write a few down. No, but that's, you, go on, right? You go no, first. No, you do then. Yours first, right? So currently, 
Yednak is one of my favourite players. Uh, again, I like the way that he has made us so much stronger, uh, and that that is a lot better. When I was a kid coming through, uh, Savo Milosevic was like I, I just I just loved the way he played. I thought it was fun. No, no, no. Um, I it's thought say ever. I oh, it's yeah, big, okay. Big shout. Yeah, well, so. Well, I would go in my lifetime of, of supporting Villa. You're so, a bit younger than me, aren't you? Um, Maybe yeah, a little bit. I mean, you can see on the camera. Um, but uh, in, it was in the same era as kind of Dwight York, and and I loved those kind of players. Paul Merson was another one. I, I love these creative players. A lot like me on the five-a-side pitch. Uh, I like creating a chance out of nowhere. Savo was better than he gets credit for. Obviously, we, I was, you were younger than me. I was very young when Savo played. But when we talked, talked to Brian at Villa Park, he... Loved Savo, and he always felt the need to, to defend him because he did do a good job. Not so much when he was spitting at Villa fans at Ewood Park. Yeah. In his first few seasons, he was better than he get than he got credit for. Yeah. A lot of assists for York. And I don't think Dwight York would have been able to do what Dwight York did without Savo mm-hmm. in those first two seasons. I will say, actually, I didn't have it written down, but Ego Ekio was one of my favourite players as yeah. well. Again, him and Gareth Southgate was a, a, a such an awesome partnership and... and that, he, he was brilliant to watch. Yeah, he was an absolute, absolute monster. Who have you got then on your list? Current and former. Well, current. Well, I, I said last week, Chester's my current favourite player. I think he's exactly what Villa need, exactly mm-hmm. the kind of player Villa need and the kind of player I'd like us to sign more players with his attitude and ability. I do also have a soft spot for Grealish and Baker. Mm-hmm. I like academy players yep. who come through. So obviously they have an affiliation with the club ever. Everyone knows, favourite player, Ian Taylor. Always, always has been. Always will be. This is a, a great question for you, and probably for Matt. We'll get him to answer this one on Twitter. Which Villa legend would you like to interview for for the Villa View, and uh, and why? Well, for those wondering why we haven't had one for a while, it's very very difficult to sort out. We've had we've spoke to spoke to a few people who have said they will they will do it. We just haven't managed to lock down a date. A date. We haven't managed to lock down dates for them for them yet. But we're hopeful that in the next few months we'll be able to get to get some soon. I'm not going to say whether any of these on the list of people that we've spoken to, mm-hmm. but I'd like to speak to Malberg. I'd yep. like to speak to Malberg. I've put Merson, Merson down as well, Larson, Barry. They're the ones I'd like to speak to. I think I've already spoken to the, the three that I loved as a kid, Brian, John and Ian. I've, we've already spoken to them. So for me, that was like the dream start of the, the first people to interview those three. Yeah, that, That's a dream. I'd like to speak to some people a bit, bit more recently, Petrov, Petrov another one great, I have, I have yeah. met him before. Really, really nice bloke, top, top man. Like was unbelievable with me when I met him. Really, really nice, nice guy. People like that, really. Probably the people that played under Mine O'Neill. I'd probably quite like to speak to Mine O'Neill. I'm not a massive fan of him now. He's he's irritated me the way the way he left, and I'll never forgive him for the way he left. But I'd happily sit down and talk to him about the reasons. About and maybe that, I could, yeah. maybe I could. That'd be great. Forgive him if he explained to me, but he, yeah, he annoyed me. That question was from Rob Henry, uh, I should mention. Uh, we'll definitely get Matt to answer that. If I was to, to I can answer to it pick. for you, we'll say Malberg and Larson. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right. We'll, we'll fact check those because we know Dan has been wrong in the past. Uh, for me, I, I had Gareth Barry. I had Paul Merson because I think he'd just be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and Dion Dublin, who also had a spell, spell of my hometown, Cambridge United. Yeah, he's another good one. Um, I think he'd be interested as well. Like, to be honest, Yeah. anyone, we could get... Sasha Sertic or Ulysses De La Cruz on the phone and, I, and I'd speak to them anyone who's played for Villa yeah I'd like to speak to them to be fair make sure you let us know who you'd like the Villa View to interview again no promises because as no. Dan says it's as well, hard we've as had, we've had a lot of suggestions yeah. on social media yeah I've got like a thing down here you've had like a 
a cult player that you just liked for no reason. There's no no real reason why you should like him. He wasn't yeah. that great, but you just liked him. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, uh, Steve Staunton. Well, no, but he was good. Yeah, but he he was all right. He no, was, he was good. He was good for Villa, but yeah. in in the grand scheme of things, um, not a dodgy one like a De La Cruz or someone like that that you just had a soft spot for. You just liked them. Put me on the spot here at a second. So you have a think, and I say, oh, mine. Yeah, you? go on. You say yours. Marlon Harewood. Yeah, I just liked big Marlon. Only <laughs> legends can go to the corner flag at the Emirates in the fiftieth minute or sixtieth minute and try and kick the ball in the corner flag with half an hour of the game left to play because Villa are winning. It's such a certain type of character it's very bold. to do that. I just liked the way he always tried to G up the fans even though he wasn't wasn't that great. And he did score some good goals yeah. in that one season, to be fair. I think he only started one game but scored five goals. Do you know what? I, I always thought Marlon Hare would, would be a good buy kind of, but kind of three or four years earlier. Um, I liked him as a forward at Reading, I think it was, and he moved to, to a few places and scored some big goals. Um, so you got a fat check you read in there. No way did he play for Reading. He didn't play for Reading. Nah, West Ham. He played for Forest. West Ham, definitely. Nah, no, Reading. He scored against Reading. All right, I'm, I'm going to get this up. I'm this not is, having that. This isn't great podcasting. I'm not having it. Although when Marlon Brando came <laughs> up on Google there. Marlon Howard in his villa shirt. Look never. how chunky he is. I thought he had a captain's armband on there. Yeah. No, Reading. Forest, Ipswich, nah, no West Ham, Villa. Oh, goodness. He's had a few clubs. Yeah, he has had a lot of clubs. Um, I apologise on behalf of Tom. All right, well, one all. In terrible if you've errors. got a player who you liked for no reason, like Marlon Hare with a cult, a cult hero, then please do let us know in the comments below. I like hearing stuff like that. Sure. I realise you can barely see me on the video version because I'm slouched so low <laughs> down. slumping down on my chair. Is it embarrassment from working with me? Sometimes. Um, that's that's fair. We've got loads of comments. Um, we can't get through them all. That's not a comment anymore. No. Um, I just wanted to go through a few bits of news with you. Shoot. Uh, if that's all right. Just your opinion, quickfire opinion on... Us potentially signing Huddersfield Loney Aaron Moy. Um, he, I thought he looked good yesterday. Yeah, he no was. Off, he was um, uh, from Man City, so they're potentially going to loan him out again. Pep Guardiola says he wants to see him uh, Moy with a full preseason. Would you fancy him? I would, but he won't come to Villa. You don't think he'll go to Huddersfield? Yeah. It'd make complete sense for him to have a season in the Premier League with the team he's just been at. Makes sense to me. Uh, Carl's heel. Cut price move to Deportivo. What do you say? Get rid, keep. I've seen something today in the Birmingham Mail where they've said that Villa want quite a bit of money. Yeah. Not a massive amount, but Villa want a price that people aren't going to pay. So yep. there needs to be some middle ground. Yep. Found if someone's not going to pay us, I'd say maybe four million for him, keep him because I think he could be useful. He needs something different to what we have. I'd I'd be happy for him to stay, but I don't think he wants to stay. Do you think? I suppose you've got to have someone who wants to be there. Yeah, it's a bit like the Galini situation, isn't yeah, it? If, if yeah. they don't want to be there, um, yeah, I, I I agree. I don't think we saw enough of him. But if he doesn't want to play, then 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 fine. And the last one, Grant Hanley, the um, the centre back, is uh, is is linked with Villa. Um, he's at Newcastle at the moment, and talk of coming down if if people will cut his wages. To me, it seems like a strange one for Villa because, as we all know, James Chester is one of Villa's greatest players and, and we seem to be alright at centre-back. If we're going to, we, we will bring a centre-back in without a doubt. We probably need to because mm-hmm. after Chester and Baker and I think Elphick and Richards will probably not be there. Richards certainly Nick won't. Says, well, Richards yeah. has said he's a, Bruce thinks he's a centre-back. If we're going to bring a centre-back in, I'd like to bring someone in who's better than Baker and I don't think, I don't know whether Grant Hanley is mm-hmm. better than Baker. I mean, he wasn't getting in the Newcastle side above a player, Kieran Clark, mm-hmm. who we, we let go. So, He's certainly more expensive than Baker as well. You yeah, 
I think Alex Bruce will come still. I said it last week. I still think we'll end up with him as a number four centre-back. It's just that third space. If we don't get rid of Elphick, it'll be Elphick. But we will need a centre-back. I'd just like to say the only way you improve is if you buy people that are better than what's already in your first team. And to me, Grant Hanley probably isn't better than Nathan Baker. So it's me. That's my news. News. I've got one piece of news. Go on. Uh, Arsene Wenger signing a new contract is going to bode well for Steve Bruce, apparently. I've read According this as to well. The Birmingham yeah. because he's got a good relationship with Wenger and he wants to take, he's taken people on loan previously at Birmingham and at Hull. So I've had a little think to think who we could possibly get on loan from Arsenal. I don't think Sanchez or Ozil will be available. <laughs> so one that stood out to me was their third choice goalkeeper, Emiliano Martinez. Right. He's been on loan at Wolves previously, Argentinian goalkeeper. If we don't get Johnston, if we don't manage to get it over the line with Johnston, he struck me as someone that we may may go for as a sh- another short-term fix a goalkeeper. And then I've wrote down three players that I don't really know anything about. Rene Adelaide, Tuba Akpom and John Torello, who was at Birmingham a couple of seasons ago. They're all on Arsenal's books and he'll probably get loaned out. Again, I know the Blues fans were really liked Torrell. They thought he was a really, really good player. It's, a, it's an interesting point, isn't it, that, that one manager keeping his job is better for a completely different club. And I think I think you're right. I think... They obviously, Bruce and, and Wenger also obviously have a relationship there. And if we could take some of the some of the quality youngsters that there are at Arsenal, which there always are, uh, I don't want to be... The, the championship is such a hard division. I don't want to be getting somebody who's, who's not contributing, you know. But if we can pick up some, some quality there, then, then why not? Yeah. None of those names scream out, they're going to make the world a difference to Villa, no. to me. If we're going to take a young player on, I mean, a Martinez is relatively experienced now, but if we're going to take one of their lone players, like, for example, Tuber Akbar, I'd rather we played Hepburn, Murphy and Keenan Davies. Yeah. Our own players. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. In my book. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Is that it? We're done? I think so. That's 40 minutes already. <laughs> Would you believe it? I know. It's time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for listening or watching whatever you've done. And, uh, Make sure you keep commenting uh, and subscribing to, to all the Villa View content. There's lots out there, isn't there? Yeah, we and again, we want to know what works with this podcast, what doesn't work. If you'd like to see the back of Tom Julian, then let us know in the comments. Sure. Any you, any improvement on 5 out of 10 would be great. I look forward to my uh, rating next week. I will. I'll give you one next week, but I'll warn you, it's 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 around the 5 mark. Is that the Marlon Harewood problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But yeah, keep watching, keep listening. Thank you very much. See you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.